everyone, welcome to our podcast for this week, wherever you are, whenever you are, whether you're driving to work, out in the jug, in a sauna, wherever it is that you are, uh, we're so glad that you would join us today on our podcast. And if you are new or visiting, make sure you check out our Instagram, Facebook, Everyone Church uh, in the Camden LGA, the MacArthur region, uh, a new church plant. We're enjoying the journey together. And last week, it was Pentecost Sunday, so we started a new teaching focus on the Holy Spirit. Tis the season, right? And there is so much misconception and dismissing of the Holy Spirit. The study of the Holy Spirit is what we call pneumatology, which is two words blended into one. Pneuma meaning spirit, tology meaning the study of. So we're talking about the study of the Spirit, and we want to get our pneumatology right. And we've really started from the ground up. And I believe if we truly know who the Holy Spirit is, His nature, how He works, how trustworthy He is, amen, uh, we can open our hearts and our eyes to Him and his ways in our lives. Maybe God has been moving in your life more than you realize. Uh, Maybe you have failed to recognize his voice and his leading in your life. And there's lots of ways that the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and empowers us. And I've mentioned how we can often be unwelcoming of the Holy Spirit based upon our misconceptions and misunderstandings. Uh, Like, have you ever met someone after hearing about them and you're like, hang on a second, somebody told me that this new boss at work is is really mean and, you know, they they have a weird twitch and and all this kind of stuff. And then you meet them and you're like, hey, you are nothing like what everybody said, right? Now, this kind of thing happens to the Holy Spirit all the time. So we started last week by talking about who the Holy Spirit is, and that is He's the third person of the Trinity. He is God, 100% God, not just an optional add-on. When we say the Holy Spirit, we mean God and his nature. He's a person. He's not just a force or a wind. Jesus refers to him using this Greek word parakletos, which means close partner or guide or, or advocate, helper, someone who helps us. Uh, and that is just, oh, and his role in our lives is interaction and empowerment, to reveal Jesus, to dwell in us. It's not just God around us. No, it is God in us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit, and He leads us towards holiness. He convicts us of sin, and He produces an allegiance in us toward Jesus. He directs us toward Jesus. He's revealing Jesus and revealing the Father. This is His role in our life. So the big point last week is that uh, He confirms and affirms our identity as children of God. And we read about how the Holy Spirit combines with our spirit and and we cry out to our Heavenly Father, Abba Father, because we're children of God. Okay, He confirms and affirms our identity. And, and look, if you missed it, listen to the last episode of the podcast. Don't miss it. Okay, Stay on the journey with us throughout this whole uh, series. So we are to desire and to hunger and thirst to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not just talking about an indwelling, I'm also talking about an infilling, and so much so that it flushes out the world out of us, like that image of a cup overflowing. And that's where I want to continue this week. I want to walk us through a passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 14, and uh, we're going to read it all out. Now, if you weren't there on Sunday, I handed out a... uh, 
an awesome handout, which I normally don't do, but it's just a lot easier when we're going over a massive passage of scripture. So if you want that, text me or message us on Instagram. If you're like overseas or something random like that, find us and contact us. We'd love to send that to you because it's kind of good. But if you don't have it, you can open up to Romans chapter 8 and follow along with us. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. So we're going to read over this whole passage of Scripture, and then we're going to go through it slowly. Okay, so here we go. It's a bit of a, bit of a chunk here, and I'm going to try and read it as best as I can. Here's my best audiobook impression. Romans 8, verse 5 to 14. It says this, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Verse 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Verse 9, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Verse 10, And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Verse 12, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Verse 14, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this awesome passage of Scripture. I I ask that you would help us, Holy Spirit, to see your ways and know you better through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, that last verse is really the heart of what we're getting at here. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And if we belong to God, we are to be led by him. And here's the thing. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Uh, This isn't just some sort of puppet thing like the Lord is forcing you, like, uh, oh, the Lord is leading me. He's leading me uh, through the drive-thru at McDonald's. He's leading me. Look, listen, that's like a weird hyper-Pentecostal concept, okay? One of the fruits of the Spirit is actually self-control. Think about that. (laughs) So you must do something. Uh, He won't force you. You need to surrender to Him and His ways in your life. Paul, who wrote Romans, is making a very practical point here. You need to allow the Holy Spirit, that is God, to lead and rule your life, to direct your steps, to guide you, to be your advocate, to be your helper. Uh, the other week, I was walking in uh, with the bins, and both my sons, Elliot and Roger, five and three years old, wanted to help me. So I gave them the recycling bin and they both kind of grabbed the recycling bin, which is a lot taller than them. And we have a pretty steep driveway and they started walking up the driveway together, dragging this massive bin. It kind of looked funny. These little guys pulling a huge rubbish bin. And the truth is they couldn't do it. They're trying to get up the driveway. They're pulling with all their might and they were trying so hard. And I, being a good dad, placed my hand on top of the bin and pushed a little bit to assist them. 
Now, this is the thing. They took the bin up the hill, but it was with my strength and my guidance. And this is a great picture of what we're reading about here. The spirit-filled and spirit-led life is one which is us moving toward God, obviously, but with his strength and guidance. Many Christians today expect God to do everything. Like if we were to take that picture of the my kids dragging up the bin and translate it to like most modern Christians, they would say this, Lord, I just pray that you would move this bin for me. <laughs> we would say, I, I call out to the bin, you know, in faith, be moved, right? Or, hey, f- we, we do this all the time in different areas of our lives. Like, you know, Lord, fix my life, manage my money. Lord, regulate my emotions. Lord, fix my relational message, uh, messes. Uh, when in truth, it's actually up to us to move, to do something, and up to God to help us along the way. We are not helpless, right? He is with us. Absolutely. Just like I was with my kids pushing that rubbish bin up the thing. I was there with them, watching them. God will not take steps of growth and maturity for you. He will help you when you take the steps. I love the way it puts it in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For God is working in you. He is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So God is working through me. Amen. He is working in me, but I need to do something. I'm not just a puppet that he pushes along. No, I move and he guides us with his strength and his power and his word working in us. So God is at work by the Holy Spirit, changing our desires and giving us the power to live his way. And this is what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 8. He's talking about how we live for God. And the context of Romans 8 is that Paul is bringing to conclusion this big point. And he starts it off really at the beginning of chapter 8, which I just want to show you. Romans 8 verse 1 and 2. It says, so there is no condemnation For those who belong to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So Paul is explaining how we are no longer condemned to death because of our sin. We are now free from the power of sin and death and the power it has over us. And this is so important because if we're going to talk about how we live by the Holy Spirit, Uh, We can't talk about it until we know that we have the Holy Spirit and we belong to God. This is why we started talking about identity last week and these kind of foundational things. If we really want to talk about uh, who we really are and how we should really live by the Holy Spirit, it starts with whose you are. Who you are is founded on whose you are. Who you are is founded on whose you are. And we have the Holy Spirit through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. We belong to him. Do you belong to him today? Completely. Do you, have you surrendered your life to him? Do you know that you are his? Is the, the spirit of God in you showing you, revealing to you that you are a child of God? The Christian life is not just good moral living or religious practice. No, it's a dead, sinful, guilty life that is transformed and given new life through Jesus. Amen. And this is the place where we find ourselves. And, uh, and you know, it's like we're in round 12 of a boxing fight that we have already won. And the enemy knows that we have won. This is a unanimous decision. Because of the finished work of Jesus, we are victorious, right? But we're still in a battle. We're still in a battle. Or, you know, the state of origin. Hey, state of origin. When New South Wales 
wins game one and two, or Queensland win game one and two. But we got we're not gonna what we're talking about here is the whole state of origin thing. Is it's first to win two games, right? But if one team wins the first two. The series is decided, but the battle still rages for game three, right? Oh, yeah. And we try to... But so Paul is setting the scene for the battle within us. We have the victory through Jesus, but there's still a battle within us, a nature battle, uh, a, na- a battle between our old self and our new self. So it starts in verse five, and we're going to work through it. Verse five of Romans eight says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So Paul sets the scene of the battle within us. It's like there's a boxing ring within you, and it's called your mind. It's called your thought life. And in this thought life, in your mind, there's a tug of war between your old nature and your new nature, my flesh, my, my sinful nature, my past, my old self, my habits, the tide of my sinfulness, and maybe even my upbringing, all these types of things. And there's also my spirit, my, the new me, the, the Holy Spirit, which is united with my spirit, which is, which is Christ in me, my new self, uh, God working in me to please God. Okay? He's at work within me. And Paul is saying, we can be led by the Spirit or led by the flesh. And he goes on to explain these two opponents a little bit more in verse 7. Let's continue. For the sinful nature is always hostile to the God. It says, it never did obey God's laws, and it never will. Verse 8, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So it's classic bad guy versus good guy. It's like Rocky versus Drago. If he dies, he dies. So this is the thing. There's a battle between my sinful nature and my spirit nature. And it takes place in how and what I think about. It's like there's a steering wheel in your mind. Uh, in, in the notes I handed out, I had like a big ship's steering wheel, you know, because I think it's a little bit better of a picture. You know, there's sometimes it takes a a lot of thinking and, and the ship of your life slowly turns in, in one direction or another. Thinking sin-led leads to death. Thinking spirit-led leads to life and peace. The English Standard Version says in verse 7, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. So when we talk about how the Holy Spirit works day by day in us and the ways in which He leads us, We are largely talking about our thinking. Uh, He gives us God thoughts. He leads us in the way of godly thinking. And this principle is all throughout the New Testament. In Colossians chapter 3, let's do some rapid fire here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 2, think about the things of heaven not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Or Romans 12, 2, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Or Philippians 4, 8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts 
on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Or remember what Jesus said in John 14, verse 26 to 27. We read this last week. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and He will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You notice there's a trend here about the Holy Spirit, about Him bringing peace into our life. I think that's a great indicator of being led by the Holy Spirit, as being led in the ways of peace. Both peace internally, but also peace keeping and peace making. The Greek word for mind used in many of these verses, including Romans chapter 8, is the word phroneo, P-H-R-O-N-E-O with a little thing on top, which means to feel and think, to have understanding or to be wise, to direct one's mind, to strive. Okay, So what Paul is saying here is that our sinful nature controls our phroneo. Our our ability to feel and think, our understanding, the direction of our mind, where we're striving, right? I love the word that the New Living Translation uses. It says that your sinful nature dominates the way you think. Isn't that just like the nature of sin, right? But the good news is the Holy Spirit can as well, right? So here's where it gets very interesting in verse 9 of Romans 8. It says, but, that's a big word, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Did you catch that? You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So, but you, it says in verse 9, but you, you belong to Christ. You know, yet there is a war within you, a nature war between the flesh and the Spirit, and those who don't belong to Christ are destined to lose. And they're destined to die. This is what it says. It says, and you can live now as a new creation, as someone who has Christ in them, victorious over sin and our sinful nature, because we are free to be led by the Spirit. And those who are in Christ receive a new nature and are under a new rule. Okay, are you catching this with me? It's like it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You're in a new life. It's like, you know, I moved to Australia when I was seven. I'm born in Canada. I am Canadian. And I moved to Australia when I was young. And by nature, in many ways, I am Canadian. But legally, on my passport, I am Australian. I'm Australian. So uh, if you could catch anything today, please catch this point. If you're a Christian, your mind, if you have the Spirit of God in you, if you're a Christian, your mind is free to be led by the Holy Spirit. And as we walk through every day, the Spirit gives us God thoughts. And as we read His Word, we are filling our mind with God's truth. And as I'm walking through a valley of decision or in a battle in my mind, I'm not alone. I'm not enslaved. I am spirit-led, spirit-empowered. All I have to say is, help me, Holy Spirit. All I have to do is look to His Word. And You might say, oh, what is this, like brainwashing stuff? Well, brainwash talk? Well, your brain is going to be washed one way or the other. (laughs) That's what it's saying in Romans 8. Hey, listen, some people say, oh, you Christians, you're brainwashed. Well, the same people veer into the drive-thru when they see the golden arches of McDonald's, right? And they're just like, oh, 
I must turn it. Why? Well, because our mind, our thought life is powerful. Those seeds of thoughts are, breed desires, right? They, 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 the enemy knows it's true, right? And when I am in Christ, I am free, free. My thinking is not caught up in the ways of the world. It is now led by the Holy Spirit. So let's wrap this up in verse 11 of chapter 8. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. Verse 12, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Did you catch that? You have no obligation because you're free. Verse 13, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And this is where we land. Because we belong to Him, we can walk with Him. We can think like Him, think with Him. We can be led by Him. The Holy Spirit leads us in our phreneo. He he empowers us to live according to His way. He gives us God thought, God truth, God promptings in our thought life. Have you have you been struggling with your sinful nature or not prioritizing God in your life? Maybe it's time to remind yourself who you belong to. Or maybe you don't belong to him. Maybe you can just look at your life and think, "Man, I am if I was to read Romans 8, uh, my only conclusion would be that I don't have the spirit of, of Christ in me. I, I have not allowed him to te- be the Lord of my life. And if that is the case, I encourage you today to go to him, ask him to forgive you. Uh, contact us. Let us know. We'd love to help you on that journey. Come to Alpha. Well, you'll learn so much more about how to walk with him day by day. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope this second part of the Holy Spirit series has encouraged you of how the Holy Spirit leads and guides us. Maybe this week, as you go throughout your week, uh, go to work, wherever you're going, your interactions, maybe you'll get a sense of Him leading you by the Spirit in your thoughts, Him leading you in your how you think and feel. Amen? Because He is there. We're not talking about like the power of you know manifesting and positive thinking. No, no, no. We're talking about an external force. That is the Holy Spirit. We're talking about God Himself living in you and helping you. God Himself, this is this is from His goodness and power and the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead coming into us and helping us. Amen? We don't do it alone. We do it with His help. Let me pray for you, Lord. We thank you that you lead us in our freneo, in our mind, and we surrender all we are to you today. We ask you to have your way in every element of our lives. Help us hear your voice clearly. Help us hear your prompting clearly. Help us know how to walk with you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you have an amazing week or amazing day wherever you are. Hopefully you can come and be with us in church sometime soon. Chat to you soon. Be blessed.